Welcome to Made It Happen podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Hafling. Made It Happen is a podcast series highlighting female founders who took a chance and launched their own business. Through interviews with female entrepreneurs, Made It Happen is dedicated to inspiring others through stories of those who have experienced going out on their own firsthand, discussing all the highs and the lows. It can be easy to see the glamorous side of starting your own business through the internet and social media, but what does it really take behind the scenes to launch and run your own successful business? Hear how these inspiring female founders made it happen. Okay, well, I just want to start off by saying thank you so much for joining me here today, Rachel. And I'm so excited to hear about your businesses and your journey as an entrepreneur, as well as your involvement with the Business Babes Collective. Awesome. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me, Sarah. Yes, of course. So how about we start off with having you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your businesses. Okay, so I will try to give the most concise cliff notes on this. So my name is Rachel Valenteros. I am a mompreneur of two little dudes. I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old. The easiest way to fill out like the doctor's notes, when, you know when you go to doctor's office or dentist and they're like, oh, your occupation, I always simply fill out homemaker. It's just the one that encompasses the most about me. So first and foremost, I am a mom and a homemaker. After that, I had some side hobbies that bloomed into businesses. And mainly because I needed a creative outlet. I also have my degrees in fashion design and in business marketing. And I fully planned on retiring in corporate. Um, that was before I was three classes away from getting my marketing degree and moving back to LA, which is where I was working before. So I was three classes away and my husband and I got engaged and then we had a seven month engagement. So I paused on those classes and four months after we got married, I was pregnant. And that's when I was pregnant, I found out my mom had breast cancer and that my husband was getting deployed. And that's also when I received my degree. So all of those put together made me realize, okay, I'm probably not going back to corporate in a while. So I need to figure something else out. And that's when I decided I was working at a CPA office at that time. And after I gave birth and my husband got deployed, my mother started her chemo the same week he got deployed. And that's when I stopped working, fully stopped working and became a full-time homemaker which mind you, I have nothing against, but it was not something I ever saw myself doing. I never in a million years would have seen myself as a stay-at-home mom. But all of the situations and um, the scenario and everything at that time led me to that. And that was back in 2017, so three years ago now. And I'll tell you that I wouldn't have changed that journey at all for anything in the world. mainly because my mom ended up passing away a few months ago. And if I had not taken the time to step away from work, I wouldn't have known my mother as a friend. Up to that point in my life, she was very much a mother. <laughs> like she, we didn't have a friendship going on, but she's also a business owner. So once I became a mother myself, we became best friends on the mother level. And once I became a business owner, we became best friends on everything business. So she by far became my best friend because I decided to be a homemaker. So about the businesses, I actually launched my very first business that I always forget to talk about back in 2013. And it was more so of a side project. 
I have this affinity to give back. My parents are business owners and they also have a nonprofit ministry in the Philippines, which is a self-sustainable like mission where they do after school programs for at-risk teens. Um, there's the indigenous tribes that they help out there because a lot of people don't really, I don't know, I, I guess racist. I guess the racist against the indigenous pri- um, tribes in the Philippines, some of the more um, traditional Filipinos that live like in the city life. They don't really talk to the people who live the, in the mountains. So that's one of the ministries that my father does is they introduce the indigenous tribes to like God and Christianity and they try to help them, give them medical care, all of that. So because that's, that's what I grew up seeing, I always wanted to give back. And that's where my first project, it was called Polite Era. I call it a project now because it really didn't flourish into a business. Um, I had my business license and everything. And the main purpose of that was to donate school supplies to the elementary children there with every purchase given. And since I was in fashion, I was able to sell some designs and sell some clothing. It was an apparel company. Sell some clothing. And with each purchase, I donated a bag of school supplies to the children. There was only 300 children at that school. So once I hit that, I really didn't have anywhere to grow or anywhere to scale. So it kind of just fizzled out after that. And I was still working on my business degree. I just started. So I had no idea what to do after that. And it just ended. And then in 20, let's see, my first business after that launched in 2018. Ah, it's not that long ago, but it feels like such a long time ago because owning a business ages you, right? I launched my first business, which is Waipaha Co. It's a tropical and coastal sustainable shop. Um, it started off as a vintage shop, but now I essentially sell anything that's made with natural products, what like linen, coral, glass, any natural element, wood, especially rattan. And that launched basically because I was blogging. So I started off blogging and I realized that I was staying up all night writing about all of these different things and not making any income. I'm just giving out all this free information. And it was... I was able to grow my following on Instagram. It hit like 18,000 at that time. This was before any of the algorithm or anything hit. This was, yeah, in 20, I started blogging in 2015. So by 2018, I was able to reach that amount of followers. And one day I realized that I had a one-year-old and I was pregnant. And my husband was away already for training for six months again. So he got deployed the first time. He came back home and then he left again. And this is when I found out I was pregnant. I go, okay, so there's no way I'm going back in the corporate field anymore because now I'm about to have a second kid. I have a one-year-old. Like I have no childcare. How am I going to do this? And my husband, when he moved back, he's going to live in a different city, not no longer in San Diego. So all of these things were just really stressing me out. And I remember having a breakdown. I, in the middle of the night, I just started crying while writing a blog about swimming holes, <laughs> like the, the top seven swimming holes you need to visit in the world. And I'm just pounding the keyboard. And I was like, I need to finish this. I told people that they'd go live at 8 a.m. And, and I was just freaking out. And I realized who on earth is going to wake up at 8 a.m. and be like, oh, Rachel, you didn't post those seven swimming holes I need to go to. <laughs> like no one's holding me to that 
standard except my own or that deadline except myself. And I'm pregnant and I have a one-year-old and I'm staying up all night trying to get this free information to them. And I realized this isn't sustainable. This isn't enjoyable anymore. And plus I'm writing about places that I probably won't even see for such a long time because I'm a stay-at-home mom now. I'm not going to be traveling to these places with the kids. And exactly the next day, I prayed about it. And then the next day, I watched an episode of Fixer Upper. And so there was this one episode where Chip, who's the husband of Joanna James, Joanna was saying that she was going to use this drawer for one of the houses she was going to fix. And then Chip just made a comment about, oh, you're such a hoarder. And she goes, yeah, I knew I was going to use this door. She, she had that door for eight years, apparently. She's like, I knew I was going to use this door for somewhere. It was perfect for this house. And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to. Um, he was like, yeah, I'm not going to go make fun of you for being a hoarder anymore. And then I thought to myself, hey, I'm a hoarder. I have so many things that I, I've hoarded over the years because I thought I was going to do something with them. And they all ended up being tropical and coastal items. Like I had a bunch of rattan. And this is when it was first hitting and getting more popular, that boho chic type of trend for home goods. Mm-hmm. So I converted my blog. In four days, I converted my blog to a business. I signed up for my first flea market. And I made a good, I made $2,200 that first market based on all these things. I was just hoarding around the house. And I said, hey, I could probably make this a business. And that market was only every other month. So I was like, okay, I'm pregnant. I could do this every other month and just have a little bit of a side gig, get clean up our house. So my husband will be surprised when he gets home and be like, oh, the house is clean. And that's how my first business was launched. So business names, I know that we spoke about business names. When I first converted my blog to an online shop, the first two weeks were all crickets. I for sure thought that I would sell something because I had a good amount of following on Instagram, which led me to this fun fact that I now always tell people, followers don't equal profit, right? So mm-hmm. I'm my other company, which I'll talk about shortly, only has like 300 something followers on Instagram. But right now, that's the business that's driving me through this pandemic. That's where I'm getting most of my income. Um, compared to, I lost a lot of followers once I converted to shops. So I have like 13, I think on the other one, 13K. And that is like giving me very minimal income right now during the pandemic because it was an in-person market. So basically after I didn't sell anything those first two weeks, that's when I realized I need to connect with people. I probably need to do more than talk to my one-year-old myself and the cashiers at Target <laughs> to try to sell something. Um, to my ideal customers. And that's when I attended my very first business based events out here in San Diego. And then the last business was launched a year later. And that was mainly because I always enjoyed creating. Like I needed had affinity, I needed to create stuff. So during the Business Babes events, since I joined as a chapter leader, so food business days, I was a guest, then a vendor, and then a year later, when the previous chapter leaders both moved out of town and there was an opening, that's when I became the chapter leader. And it was during the summer, so we couldn't get a lot of sponsorships for decor because it's wedding season, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of the furniture and decor, and I just happened to have a lot of those things hiding around. So that's when I started doing event styling and decor. And I didn't really think anything of it until a lot of the people who attended hired me for other projects. So that's when I launched my service-based business called Toto and Tess, which is named after my parents. 
And that is my service-based business. So I specialize in installations, event styling, and decor. And once the pandemic happened, then I started going back to my roots of graphic design. And I just do visual branding for companies as of now. I don't know if that's something I'll do long-term, but during the pandemic, that's what I'm doing right now. Wow. Yeah, no, it's it's an amazing story. And, you know, there's lots of different parts that I'm excited to jump into. But so I guess starting off with your first business, when you're really taking it from the blog to a business, and you said you did this, you know, four days, you got it up and running. Can you tell us a bit about, you know, this process? Like, what was the first thing that, you know, you had to do for this and really turn turn that, you know, you, like you said, passion project into a full running business? By that time, I have had multiple burnouts and meltdowns, and I think I was just over it. I was just over feeling exhausted and feeling tired and feeling like I wasn't accomplishing anything, even though I was churning out blog posts week after week. It wasn't really accomplishing anything for my kids. And so they became my main priority, as in if I was going to spend any time away from them, I was going to make it worth my time. Like So... I could have like an income and then take them and have more experiences with them. Just something like that. Something as simple as that. So I didn't want to waste any more time, which is why those four days I was really up just researching and researching and talking to everyone I knew who owned a business and just asking them what they knew about online business or e-com, what website platforms they heard were the best. And that's essentially where I ended up growing my business platform. I just took, I spent that first day just researching. The second day I spent taking, taking pictures of all of my products and editing them. And then that third day, because I already had that research is when I went to, I'm not sure what it is in Canada, but here is um, the county clerk where we sign up for our business license, our DBA, our fictitious business name, and just getting all of the permits to be able to sell legally in sales tax and my all of like my reseller's permit. That's what I did the third day. And the fourth day is when I prepped my marketing images to launch. It, like It was really fast turnaround time, but it's because I was just so tired of wasting time. Um, I, it wasn't stressful at all. I think it's once I was able to get focused on it, there was zero stress to it whatsoever. Absolutely. And you know, you touched on a good point there too, that I think a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to, which is burnout. Can you maybe tell tell us maybe something that, you know, how do people avoid this or overcome it or, you know, just anything to anything to sort of get past that burnout? Because it is something that a lot of entrepreneurs do struggle with. For sure. And let me just tell you a little note that I always thought that admitting to burnout or admitting to meltdowns was a sign of weakness when I first started. I was like, no, everyone needs to look, see that I'm, I have it all together. But that's not relatable. We're not going to relate to someone who has it all together. We're like, I don't know they're doing it. Something's happening. But I realized once I started opening up about the fact that meltdowns do happen and burnout does happen, especially as a mom and as a business owner. So I would say what really got me is my own expectations. So I set standards and the goals for myself, which wasn't very smart because no one else was putting that pressure on me except myself. So I wanted the house cleaned. I wanted the kids fed. I wanted them to hit their milestones. On top of that, I wanted to be there for my parents and I wanted to be there for my husband and have his clothes washed and steamed and my clothes washed and everything on top of all the hats to wear as a business owner. Like that to me, just saying it out loud makes me feel really overwhelmed. Like we're never going to hit all of those 
um, goals at the same time. So of course, there's ebbs and flows when it comes to balancing out your home life plus your work life. And what I've learned to do is that helps me with the burnout and expectations is I isolate certain days for business for certain routes of business, right? Because now I have like three businesses that I'm a part of, two that I run, one that I'm a part of, and then I have my home life. So I isolate those and I set really stiff boundaries where if somebody would like to talk to me about, let's say, touch on test for branding consultation, I won't make myself immediately available anymore. Whereas before I'm like, I'm free to chat now. I'm free to chat tomorrow. Like I will stick to the days that I had already um, put aside to talk about that business because before we're really hungry. We really want the income, the money, all of that. But now after doing it for a couple of years, I've realized there's always going to be a client and there's always going to be a customer. There's only going to be one you. And if you're not able to give the client or the customer or your family the best version of yourself because you're tired or you're burnt out or you're spreading yourself too thin, then nobody gets helped at all, especially yourself. Plus, you'll end up getting sick and stressed. And the first thing I would say that really helped me to avoid burnout is sleep. (laughs) Something as simple as sleep. I wasn't sleeping. I'd sleep like maybe three hours a night trying to get everything done. And by the time the kids woke up, I was already tired. Like I was stressed. I go, oh, I have to cook breakfast. Everything felt like a chore. Talking to friends felt like a chore. Going out and shopping felt like a chore. And shopping should just be fun, right? Like shopping used to be my therapy. And now I'm like, oh, I have to find clothes for this party I have to go to. And it, everything became, I have to, I have to. Like everything became a chore. And that's that's when I realized sleep was probably the one that helps me get a better like emotional foundation for myself. So I could handle all of the little challenges that came up throughout the day. Like if a client had to cancel and I was banking on that paycheck, then they had to like cancel it last minute or or one of my family members needed us to be somewhere for something and I need to rearrange my work schedule. Having a lot of sleep, drinking a lot of water and getting sunlight, something as simple as that was enough to help me not stress out as easily, if that makes sense. So less sleep equals more stress, more sleep equals less stress. And I figured that's just what really helped. And the expectations is a big thing, the mindset. Um, My burnout was very much caused by my own mindset and my own expectations. Mm -hmm, Definitely. I think a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to that. And I think those are some great tips to, you know, be able to get over that, especially, you know, making those designated days and also really sticking to it, you know, not adding in stuff um, afterwards. So I think that's some really great advice. And you also talked about too, with your businesses, you know, there's been a lot of pivots that have been had to be made with the pandemic. And do you want to just talk a little bit about, you know, what these pivots have, have been and, you know, how you've had to sort of cope with situation? Of course. So I made a lot of mistakes in pivoting (laughs) that I had to amend because of course I was just trying to chase having an income and not having to shutter up my business, right? So when the pandemic first hit, um, SD Business Babes, Waipaha Co. and Toto and Tess were all in-person event driven. Those are all based on in-person events. When I found out that we are no longer hosting events in person here in San Diego and business phase as a whole right now, we're not doing any in-person events. That's across all the chapters. 
and the markets, we weren't doing any markets anymore. And that was, the markets are a big source of my income because I was doing about two markets a month. And that's the one that helped me, like a lot of my profit came from those in-person markets. And then Toton Test was also, um, I only took on one to two projects. So that one was a good amount as well, but not as much as Waipahako. So when I started doing like workshops, we switched to virtual workshops with San Diego Business Babes. And I always talk about visual branding. That's just something that I really, I would say that that's something that I would say that's my zone of genius. Like I really love visual branding. And so I started talking about it. I guess people started asking me more questions or asking if I do consultations. I go, no, I don't, but like hop on a phone call. And I'd offer all of these calls for free because I never really thought about it. Then I realized, okay, I'm getting, I'm I'm spreading myself too thin again. So that's when I started adding it as a service with Toton Tasks with the Creative Studio. So that, I was trying to cut corners when I say that I made some mistakes. I tried to cut corners and I tried to put all of those three businesses on the same, not three, I'm sorry, two businesses on the same website, plus add a blog. And that just didn't work out because the one's product-based and one's service-based. Now, like literally right now, I'm bringing those businesses all apart and putting it on separate platforms again. So I'm prepping for the long term. I was really hoping to go back into in-person events by this time. But here in San Diego, I know it probably won't be for whoever's listening to this now, but we just went into the purple tier, which is the highest one. So everything shut down again. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I realized I'm just going to create for my own needs, like and also since my mom just passed away, I figured I needed to take some time away from business. I tried going back into it and doing client calls. And I was like, I'm just, I'm not giving my best because I'm just not at my best right now. So I decided to take some time off and work with the only the two clients I have for branding. So I only have two clients a month. And what I'm doing with Toton Test now, I've sat down and I was thinking to myself, what are my priorities? Why am I a business owner? Because I'm a homemaker, right? I don't need to own a business. I have a business because I want to. Mm-hmm. And I go, what is my priority? My priority are my kids. My priority is being able to create something, being able to make memories with the kids. And so all of that together... I decided to, right now, I said, I'm blogging again. So I started blogging again, and it's going to be everything that I do at home. It's um, a mompreneur and lifestyle blog. And mainly because I get a lot of questions, like, how do you do it all? Because it does sound like a lot when I talk about it. But when I'm doing it, it doesn't feel like a lot, right? Mm -hmm. So especially with people who are, who relate to it, people who are mothers or people who are business owners are like, that's a lot. Like, cause they know how much work it takes to get things done, um, to put something in front of the clients or to put food on the table for the kids. Like it, it's more than just the food. There's like the dishes and the prepping and the cutting and the negotiating and the chasing while you're feeding. So there's all those things. And I learned how to do it because I have so many process. I'm, I'm pretty organized and I have really good workflows for each part of my life. And so that's what I'm going to be blogging about, um, giving people tips. And it is free information again, but now I have like affiliate links. I'm, lear- I'm learning a little bit on how to get some money back from blogging. But that's going to be my long-term goal. And so trying to teach people how to create a home that they love and include their kids in creating that because 
it's just a way of providing something sentimental while making your house pretty, um, keeping organized while doing it all and making memories with your kids. And that's going to be fall under Toton Tess. And then with Wipe Ahead Co, I'm completely getting rid of all, I have 300 plus inventory. I'm getting rid of all of that and focusing on maybe like two or three projects that I'm going to be having um, sold things that I want it to be known for. Like I'm doing shell chandeliers and that's all I'm really going to be focusing on. And then after that, I'll probably add in dresses, but I'm just simplifying everything instead of having too many things going on at the same time. Because like I said, I really hate getting stressed out. I really hate burnout. And I really, really hate when I tell my kids, I can't play with you. Mommy's too busy or like, oh, I have this thing coming up. And it's something that I don't ever, I don't want them to remember me saying I'm too busy for you, especially since my main role is a homemaker. So I know it's not ideal and I will do that sometimes, but to lessen me saying that is probably my main drive to pivoting my businesses for the long term. And it's mainly simplifying it and finding out what my priority was launching them in the first place. I hope that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. I, that definitely makes sense. And I definitely agree. And, you know, like you said, too, you're you're doing these businesses because you want to do them. So it, you want it to be something that you're really passionate about and something that you're you're really wanting to do. So I really love that. And also, you know, how you you're kind of you're also bringing in your family with it, too, with the crafts and everything. So it's sort of it's a great, you know, balance between the two. And you talked to about the Business Babes Collective there and, you know, how it used to be all events like in person and now they've all switched online. Do you want to tell us just a little bit more about, you know, getting involved with the organization in general and, you know, what made you want to sort of take over the chapter leader role when it did become available? Of course. So I had just given birth and I was planning on moving with my husband to the city he got stationed in. It was about two and a half hours away from San Diego. So when he came back from training, I we were in the process of moving there. And probably like the last, before the last big move, like we moved everything except for the like three pieces of big furniture. Before that, just something happened and something clicked in me. I was like, I can't, I can't live there. I feel like I'd be stuck. We have no family there. Um, if I'm there, I really would just have to stay at home. It's in the middle of nowhere. So I ended up just staying in San Diego and my husband and I did long distance for a year before he got transferred back to San Diego. And when I first moved back to San Diego, I just started doing in-person markets again. And like I said before, I attended my very first San Diego business babes events a year prior. And I loved that sense of community. One of the main reasons I really wanted to go back into corporate wasn't because of the stability. It was because of the relationships you have with people and being able to talk with people and being part of a team and working towards the same project. And I miss having inside jokes with people and just having friends, right? Because your work, your work friends become your real friends. And it just got really lonely um, being an entrepreneur and then pretty much just being a mom, not just being a mom, but being a mom because you really only have your kids to talk to. And at that point, my kids weren't really talking. <laughs> it was a one-year-old and a newborn. So immediately moving back to San Diego, I messaged the chapter leader, the former chapter leader who I was in contact with before. And I asked her, I go, when's your next event? I need you guys. I miss you guys. I'm back in San Diego. Um, I gave birth. I'm going back to business. So 
what's going on? And so she messaged me that she's actually moving. She was moving to Spain and the previous chapter leader, the one after her, she was a chapter founder and the chapter leader after her ended up moving back to the OC. So there was no chapter leader at that time. I go, Oh, okay. And she goes, but if you're interested, I could introduce you to Danny or Danielle, who's the founder of Business Babes, because they were childhood friends. And so I go, yeah, I'd love to meet her. And at that time, Danny was in Nepal for a mission trip, helping women um, with Ally Global, which is the nonprofit that they're really aligned with, mm-hmm. um, to help victims of human trafficking like get back on their feet after it um, found and saved. So. When I heard that, I knew I needed to meet her because I am huge on giving back to community. My parents sent me on a mission trip for my senior year spring break that I was all against, but they're like, no, you need to learn where you're from. They sent me to the Philippines. I'm Filipino. They sent me to the Philippines for a mission trip with nobody. I knew nobody. And it's my senior year. I wanted to go with my friends to like Cabo or something. I'm in San Diego. So like, there's all these really good, great getaways to go to for the week. For the week. And my parents sent me on a mission trip to the Philippines with a bunch of people I didn't know. And it, was, it ended up being for two weeks. And let me tell you, by the end of those two weeks, I didn't want to go home. I was crying when I left. Um, my specific role over there was children ministries. So I think that's, that's where I got my need to give back. Um, as well. So with Wipe Ahead Co, we donate to UNICEF quarterly. Like it's just something I do. It's not something I market. I just want to do it and not want it to be a selling point. So with all of that, when I found out that Danny was in Nepal and on a mission trip, I was like, okay, this as a good founder, like I want to meet her. It sounds like they really, she really cares about the community, not just female entrepreneurs, but about the community as a whole. So when she came back, we chatted on the phone and next thing I know, we're planning for an event in June and I took on the role of chapter leader. I am an introvert. I am awkward in front of people. I get really drained by being social. So I have no idea why I took on this job or this role. I think I just really wanted to be part of the community and it was my way of giving back to the community here, right? Because I wanted to be a resource for other people who are feeling disconnected from society because they're business owners. Anyone who felt like how I felt, who just wanted a friend to lean on or people to talk to, an accountability partner, um, people to be vulnerable around. Because there's a lot of things, specifically being a female, that there's a lot of hats and expectations that we have. And we're just really tied into our intuition and our emotion. And sometimes we hide that because when we think about business, it's like cutthroat and we don't lean onto our emotions. You just, we try to be rational and logical and all of those things, but there's something very specific and strong about being a female entrepreneur. And I wanted to be surround myself specifically with female entrepreneurs. So I guess I took on the role because I wanted friends <laughs> and then I wanted people to have friends. And it ended up when I had to host, I was talking to Danny cause she flew down for that very first event that I did. Um, here in San Diego, she flew down and she was on the panel. It was talking about community or collaboration over competition. And so I picked three community leaders and Danny being one of them. And after that, I was so nervous. But after that night, I felt so energized. I was like, am I really an introvert? I feel like I'm not, but I still am. But it was just fun to be able to see people get inspired and to be a part of bringing those people together and connecting them. And 
one of the most rewarding feelings is the three people that we had chosen to sponsor the events for our food, decor, desserts, um, the photo booth. To this day, they also collaborate. And this was um, over a year ago, almost two years ago now. They still collaborate and they'll share their clients with each other. So if someone hires the caterer, she'll be like, do you need decor? I have a, a stylist. Or do you need dessert? I know um, someone who creates a, like a mean vegan cake or something. And that's something that I love. I love that everyone's so inclusive. And just seeing that while I am an introvert and I do get drained and I will disappear during the cocktail hour to hide out in the bathroom and get my wits about me again. I like having that really, really helps and inspires me because something just feels so great about having the community around you. And so that's how I got involved. And when the pandemic hit, we all just did a virtual conference and now we're in the membership space right now. So um, I just hosted an event with them last week for a workshop and it's not the same as in-person events, but if you want connection and people to bounce ideas off of on how to pivot and people who've been through similar struggles, if not are currently going through the struggles you're going through right now, surrounding yourself with that type of community, specifically business babes, because that's where my business is right now as well, really helps me feel not so alone and not focus on problems that shouldn't even need my attention, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. they help prioritize what should be a priority and what should not be a priority. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, like you said, right now, especially a lot of female entrepreneurs are going through that and, you know, really need that sense of community. So I think that it's a great, you know, program and a great way to really bring people together and to be able to talk about what everyone's going through together. Um, and that can really relate to it. So I really love that. And, you know, the whole, the whole mission and the purpose of it all. And you've sort of, you started up um, a couple businesses that you've talked about, um, as well as running the chapter for CND and Go Biggest Business Babes. Has there been sort of one obstacle or challenge that you've really had to sort of overcome in general with being an entrepreneur? Yes, there have been a few. So I'm going to try to figure out <laughs> which one to share. There have been a lot of challenges um, that I've had to overcome as an entrepreneur. Mainly, I don't know how relatable this might be to some people, but it's probably my biggest challenge to date is I'm a creative. And being a creative, there's so many generalizations and stereotypes. And with me, they're all true. Like I'm not good with numbers and finances and laws and all of the the things you actually need to run a business. So those took me a while to figure out that it doesn't have to be pretty all the time. Sometimes it just needs to get done to make the profit. Like when I first started, I wanted a PO box on my business card. So I paid $70 a month for a PO box and I didn't really need a PO box at that time. I was mainly doing in-person stuff. And so just the small things like that, um, my biggest challenge was, is it necessary or is it pretty? Like, and I think most creatives and maybe like even non non-creatives, I don't know how to, <laughs> people who don't classify themselves as a creative might have the same challenges, but really figuring out what do you need to sell a product? And that is something that I am just now after almost three years of business, that is just something that I'm doing now 
that I wish I would have learned sooner? Do I need these printouts or these hang tags for things that I'm just shipping to people? No, I don't. I could just write a thank you card like, and print it out myself, or I could just handwrite it myself and save on the printing costs. So really trying to consolidate your expenses and figuring out if I skip this, will I make any less money in my profit? So something as simple as that, I really needed to take a magnifying glass to and look through every single thing that I had and see. It was bad to the point where I would be buying foliage for content shoots. And I go, I really don't need five types of palm leaves for <laughs> creating content on my Instagram. No one's going to notice this like three pieces of leaf on the corner of this or something like something as simple as that. And there's a lot of really great stock images on Canva that you could utilize as a background to get that same vibe, right? But I over, I'm over here shopping, wasting gas and time and all of that to get these visuals done. So that would be one of my biggest challenges to date is, is it pretty? Is it necessary to get a profit or income in? And also another challenge would be not saying yes to everything or every project. And that's something that I've just learned recently before because I typically I charge 100 for an hour for consultation chart um, call and if they want like a creative call where I teach them something like if they want to learn how to create something then it's 150 an hour and I was saying yes to everything even though I wasn't excited about the project or I wasn't going to be able to use it as my portfolio learning to say no to projects that didn't align with me or even something as simple like as a personality that you don't vibe with also, because sometimes there's personalities you can tell right off the bat if you're going to vibe with them or not. Mm -hmm. And because it was money, I would just say yes, even though it didn't feel right. And I felt like I wasn't excited. And when you're not excited about something, it shows, right? It shows in your work. So that is another challenge that I've had to face and learn to get ahead of. So making sure that you're only saying yes to the clients you want to work with because you owe that to them too. It's not, not only do you owe that to yourself, but you owe it to them to give them the best work. And if you're not the person to do the best work for them, then it's, you should not be taking their money. That's just something out of principle. And another challenge is I don't talk about my business a lot to my family. Like I could tell you right now, my husband probably has no idea what I do because I grew my business while he was away. And, um, I work while he's at work. So he really has no idea. He's like a podcast interview. What do you need? I was like, I just need some quiet in the background. He's like, okay, I didn't know that. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be on mute. Cause usually they're around when I'm on, like on workshops or I'm on calls and I can put myself on mute. Um, so even something as simple as that, I don't talk about my business. And so that's a challenge that I have yet to get comfortable talking about. I just don't know how to talk about business with family, which is really silly. But when you get around the community of women, you hear that often that because they're so close to home and because you know that any type of feedback, you're like me, I could be sensitive to it because like I care so much about their opinion. So I feel like if I don't share it, then they can't hurt my feelings. But I included my mom and that was the best decision I ever made. So now I'm, I'm slowly starting to include my dad and include 
my husband and stuff like that. My kids are always around. So probably out of all my family, the kids are the ones who know the most. So that would say a biggest challenge is talking about my business to the people it immediately affects, I guess, because like now my husband needs to take care of the kids because I'm on this interview. So something as simple as that and having that confidence, because I could talk about it all day long to other female entrepreneurs and to my clients, but to my own family, they still want me to be a nurse. And I don't know how to tell them, I'm not sure I'm going to be a nurse anymore, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, it's funny. Like, I think that that is definitely something that, you know, a lot of, especially female entrepreneurs can relate to is, you know, being able to find that community, talk about it there. But when you run it's the people that you really know and everything, it's, it's sometimes sort of hard to even explain it, especially, you know, depending what industry they're in as well, too, if they... It's so, I mean, I think it is something that, you know, a lot of people do go through. So it's great that, you know, you're able to share that. And on the other side of that, is there sort of one really big success moment or highlight from your entrepreneurial journey that you'd like to share? Sure. I mean, I, I feel like there's so many highlights. I think I already mentioned it, but I think it's the one that made me feel like I, oh, I, I could be a business owner. It was that very first market I had. I mean, I was, how pregnant was I? I was four months pregnant at that time. Maybe I was seven. I think I was seven months pregnant at that time when I had my first market. And I should have been exhausted, but seeing how excited people were about the product. And I can, I am very sentimental. So when I buy a product, I like, I feel like it's my... I wouldn't say baby because now I have babies and they don't compare, but I feel like they're part of my family. So when I'm rehoming them to someone else's home, I love telling the story about them, telling them where I received them and seeing how excited they are. And I feel really good when I know it's going to a good home. So being able to get that social life and when you do markets long enough, you get a clientele who say like, Hey, like my daughter's coming in town. I would love to get a picnic, a vintage picnic basket for her. And so I have this mission to find a vintage picnic basket for that client. And so I would say one of the highlights is it's super rewarding to create relationships with people who trust you. So they trusted me as a curator for White Pahako, And then they ended up trusting me as an event stylist and decorator. And then with Danny for business aid, they trust me as like a host and event coordinator. And I would say the biggest highlight is having people who believe in your talent, being able to share it and basically seeing people have your product and everything and be excited about it. Like I feed, I'm highly empathetic. So I feed off of other people's energy. So one of the biggest, I would say that's one of the biggest rewards is being part of the community, um, being able to help or ease ease some of the things that stress people out. Because sometimes like I love being creative. I am not good at numbers, but I will trade numbers for creativity and everything all day long. Whereas like if I have to talk to someone about, oh, here are my receipts, that gives them life, right? They love numbers. They want to look at those receipts and like balance everything out. Whereas if you give me your creative um, project, because you, you're, some people... I don't realize how stressful it is for people to create graphics or create content or figure out their branding colors or even just the branding words. I don't realize it's stressful. So when they give it to me, I love that I can help them feel less stress and give them the product that they're excited about now. So now when you help with 
grounding people when you organize their thoughts, right? Because they know what they want. They just don't know how to put it into visuals. When you organize their thoughts with the colors that they want, with the verbiage and the mood, some people might see this, but when I, what I do is I record my clients the very first time that they tell me about their business. And then the, like the last call, once we've already got everything organized for their branding, and there's such a difference in how confident they are with talking about the brand. And to me, that's really rewarding because now I know they are going to make an impact and they're going to make a difference within the community because whatever product or service that they give out, they're going to give it 100%. And whoever they're serving, it's just kind of like paying it forward, right? Whoever they're serving is going to benefit from that. And then also my kids are around me all the time. So I really love watching them grow. When I used to look for venues for SD Business Babes, my oldest son would come with me. And sometimes it was the cutest thing. He was really into planets one time. He went in front of the whole auditorium. Like no one's there. I'm just looking at the venue. And he'd be like, okay, everybody, listen up. We're going to be talking about planets. <laughs> and then he just starts taking the reins because he sees me do that. Like he sees me all the time creating or talking to people or standing on the stage and just seeing them interpret that and seeing like, okay, mom's working, but mom's also here for me. Like it's really rewarding seeing the positive effect it has on them and their personality traits. They're just growing into their own people. So I actually have a domain already set up for them if they ever want to decide to host their own workshops <laughs> and their own crafting events. So um, yeah, I would say it's just really, it's really rewarding all around. I mean, money's good. Relationships with community is good. Um, teaching the kids is good. I just, I love it. Like, I really was planning on going back to corporate once they go back to like school, once they start school. But I don't know if that's something I could possibly do. Like now I have no idea what corporate would give me that being an entrepreneur didn't already give me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And especially now, like you're, you're able to really do what you're passionate about. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I love that story about your son too, that I love that. That's so, <laughs> that's so adorable. Um, and, you know, being able to, like you said, being able to see them grow and being them be there with you and, you know, see you working as well. And do you have sort of any, just a key piece of advice maybe that you would give to an entrepreneur that's looking to start their own business right now, or maybe something that you wish you had known when you were starting out? Of course, there's, this is what I did and I don't regret doing this. And I realized, cause sometimes we do coaching calls and think tanks with business names. And what the first, they always ask, oh, what's the first person you hire? Or like, is it a clone of yourself or is it somebody who specializes in something? And I always tell them before I hired anybody, my very first expenses were to a lawyer and to a CPA. Like to me, I worked a lot more efficiently knowing that all of my T's were crossed and my I's were dotted when it came to all the legals and all of the legals. I don't see, I, that's how bad I am. <laughs> I just call it legals. Okay, the legals I, you meant. <laughs> I knew that that's what I was really, really bad at. So those are the first two people I talked to because first off, I didn't want to get sued and I wanted to make sure that I was doing business right. Another advice that I would give is 
just do it because <laughs> a lot of people, they always want everything perfect before they launch. And I can tell you that my business today, even though it's only been like two and a half years, my business today is nothing like what I planned it to be before. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. So just launch and then you'll learn the things you need to know on the way. And the way you learn it is by connecting to community. Like if you're a female business owner, if you're a mompreneur, like depends on what your category is. If you're in the event industry, meet with people that are specific to what you're selling. I think those are all some really great pieces of advice that entrepreneurs can really take. So thank you for sharing. And would you just like to let our listeners to know where they can find you and your businesses online? Of course. My blog, which is going to be under my personal. I've been running away from this for a long time. I have been avoiding blogging because I was so traumatized from the first time. But I'm starting to blog again, and that's going to be rachelifornia.com. And that's going to be on everything from home, being a mother, and being a business owner. So all of the little tips and tricks on shortcuts, on workflows, way to organize things so you save time and space. And ways to maximize like making memories with your family and being there with your family while making an income. So all of those little tips are going to be in the blog. I also have the shop called Wipe Ahead Co. And also the creative studio called Toto and Tess. So those are the three places you could find me on Instagram. Um, they have their own separate domains. So totoandtess.com, wipeahead.co.com. And yeah. Thanks for listening to Made It Happen Podcast, the podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, leave a review, and I'll see you next week.